I just want to say there's two reasons why this day is um, really special. Um, one is the obvious reason. It's Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to all of you moms. The second reason is it's just good to see human beings in this room. It's really hard to preach a sermon in front of zero people, except for the exception of a couple, and doing it in front of a small, little, tiny iPhone screen. So I'm glad to see living, breathing humans in the room. That is good. So thankful for that. I'm glad you're here. In light of Mother's Day, because I just I, I have, you know, the privilege of standing in this place right now, I get to directly honor my own mom. And so, Mom, I want to ask you to stand up, if you wouldn't mind. Yep. This is my mom, Darcy Massey. Yep. Gave birth to me 33 long years ago, maybe short years ago. I don't know how my mom does the math these days. But what's interesting is I could stand up here all day, too, and, and tell incredible stories about my mom. I don't know how I could follow up Kay and Tanya, but I'd try. But my mom is amazing. So several years back, I just want to, I just want to preface this by saying this was well before I was ever a follower of Jesus Christ. So several years back, I was living away at the time, um, going to school. I had forgot to call my mom on both Mother's Day and her birthday in the same year. But clearly she's forgiven because she's here this morning. But this is what's really cool. And based on God and His grace and God and His grace alone, um, I am now a baptized follower of Jesus Christ. And just over two years ago, my mom became a baptized follower. Jesus Christ, and so I guess this is your third Mother's Day as a baptized follower of Jesus, and so that's incredible, and that's amazing, and I uh, thank God for that. So here's a couple of things that I thought would be funny for Mother's Day. I found these on Instagram, if they'll pull up, and hopefully you can see them. So you can't hardly see the picture because of the light. That's Ross Geller, if you're a Friends fan. So that says, when you're trying to enjoy a relaxing Mother's Day, but your family won't stop fighting and asking you for things, I get one day, one day, all year, one day. So here's the next one. I hate it when I'm watching, uh, waiting for mom to fix dinner, and then I remember I am the mom. <laughs> Amen, right? Yep. Next one. Nothing is really lost until your mom can't find it. Amen to that. This you probably can't read, but this is basically a chef, a teacher, a taxi driver, a nurse, a doctor, a cleaning lady have all showed up to take the reins for the mom on Mother's Day. <laughs> so... Then there's one more. See, I told you. So that's how she does it. Happy Mother's Day to super moms everywhere. My moms are super women, super men. They wear a cape, no doubt. I know, firsthand experience. I'm not sure there's a greater calling in life than that of being a mother. I honestly don't. It's just, it's probably maybe the most significant calling in human history, that of being a mom. And I know that today is... Uh, you know, Mother's Day brings a lot of joy to people's hearts. It's a happy day. It's a, it's a joyous day. A, you know, it's a, a day to celebrate. But at the same time, Mother's Day can be difficult. And we want to be sensitive to that. And there might be some of you in this room, women, who maybe you've, you've struggled with infertility. And that's a difficult thing as well. So I want to be sensitive to that. And so before I open up, I just want to pray a, a special prayer specifically for moms, and I'll do this again at the end, but I just want to ask God for His help, that He would speak directly, not just to mothers, although this is a Mother's Day sermon, because
because we want to honor our moms on this day. But at the same time, I'm praying that God's word will speak to everyone in this room. Because the word of God is for all people. And so would you join me as I pray. Father in heaven, God, there is no doubt you are looking down on us in this moment. We ask for your blessing. We ask for your supernatural help. Father, I pray as the words that I speak, although they are already written in front of me, God, I pray that you would anoint them, that you would speak powerfully through them. I pray for every mom in this room. Father, whatever they are experiencing in their lives, throughout this coronavirus, throughout this pandemic, throughout anything in general in life, Father, you know their hearts. You know their inner being. Father, you know exactly the thoughts that are going on in their mind right now. They are your children. And Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would speak, Lord. We love you. Amen. Well, the book of Proverbs says this in Proverbs 1, verse 8. Oh, usually I ask you if you have your Bible. I, I, in fact, I encourage you to open it to a specific place. Today we're going to be in various different places. I have them on the screen, and I hope that you can see them. If you wanted to open your Bible and follow along, you can open up to 1 Samuel. And, you know, you can kind of catch up if, if you like after that. But Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 say this. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. What you're going to, if you don't already know, learn after today, I hope, is that motherhood is a high calling. In fact, President Theodore Roosevelt said these words, and I think this is powerful. When all is said and done, it is the mother and the mother only who is a better citizen than the soldier that fights for his country. The mother who does her part in rearing and training the boys and girls who are to be the men and women of the next generation is of greater use to the community and occupies, if she would only realize it, a more honorable, honorable as well as more important position than any man in it. The mother is the one supreme asset of the national life. She is more important by far than the successful statesman, businessman, artist, scientist, I would go on to say congressman, politician, and even preacher. It's an incredible calling God has given those who are moms. And you know, the Bible, the Word of God is chocked full of stories of moms who were women of faith, who loved the Lord, and whose kids took after their moms who loved the Lord. And they became children who were raised up to know this God. Some of these women in the Bible had bold and audacious faith. And today I just want to take a quick journey through the Scriptures and, and point out some of these moms. And when I think of a mom of faith, a mom who loved God, I instantly think about a woman in the Old Testament named Hannah. Hannah, if you don't know anything about Hannah, Hannah longed to have children, but Hannah struggled with infertility. God had closed her womb. She was barren and she could not have kids. I can't imagine the emotions that take place in a woman's heart a woman's mind, knowing she can't have kids. In fact, if you know the story, Hannah's husband actually had another wife, and that wife had kids. Now put yourself in Hannah's shoes. It's like it's already hard enough. Now you have to sit and see every day of your life the fact that you don't have kids, but your husband's other wife does. Life was not easy for Hannah. I imagine it was very, very hard. But Hannah prayed to God every single day to bless her with a child. And you know what? God finally answered Hannah's prayer. And she would have a son named Samuel. And in this ironic 
twist of fate, soon after Samuel was born, she took Samuel to the priest Eli for, for Eli to train up and raise up and equip Samuel for the work of the church. Here's what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I'm giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. I want you to read that again with me, but I want you to see it on the screen. This time, certain words are underlined. I'm giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord. I am giving him to the Lord, and then he will belong to the Lord. Hannah couldn't have kids. She was barren. Her womb was closed, the Bible says. But all of a sudden, now she has a son named Samuel. She wasn't pregnant, couldn't get pregnant. Then she becomes pregnant. Then she bore a son named Samuel. She went from being barren to having a son. That son, no doubt, would become the most precious person in her life. Her most valuable possession, if you want to phrase it that way. The most meaningful part of Hannah's life was her son Samuel. As any mother would say, the most meaningful part of my life are my kids or kid. But in this crazy twist in the story, Hannah is willing to give up her most valuable part of her life. Isn't that powerful? Think about it with me for a second. Hannah could not have kids, but then she did. In fact, I would go as far as to say is that when Hannah was barren and could not have kids, it was, it was looked on her as disgraced in her time with the people around her and in her community. She was most likely looked at with disgrace. It was probably extremely hard for Hannah, no doubt. But all of a sudden, she has this kid and her first response is, I'm going to give him to God because he belongs to God. I want you to notice something about the story of Hannah. Hannah is, is, is showing us today that before Samuel, her son, before your son or daughters were ever yours, they were God's. Before your kids ever belonged to you, they already belonged to God. You see, the Bible says that God knitted us together in our mother's wombs. The Bible also says that before God Himself spoke the universe into existence, He already knew you by name. So it's certainly no different for your own children. Before God set a foundation for the earth, He already knew each and every one of us. And so Hannah says, you know, before I even had my son Samuel, he already belonged to God. So Hannah is, is in one sense, if you think about it this way, what happens when you give something away to someone? It no longer belongs to you. You're giving it up. It now belongs to someone else. Think about it in terms of adoption. If, if someone gives up their child for adoption, then the papers are signed and it becomes a legal thing. That child is no longer yours. It belongs to someone else. Hannah is saying, look, I'm giving my son to the Lord. He belongs to the Lord. Before your kids were ever born, they already belonged to God. I want you to think about it in this way. What do we do in the church we, when we dedicate our babies? Baby dedication. Now, if I somehow, someway mess this up, my wife will let me know because she's a children's pastor, so I'll, I'll hear about it later. But what's the idea behind dedicating your, your child to the Lord? You do it at a young age, right? It's not the baby's decision. It's your decision. And what you're saying is, I want to dedicate my, my baby, my, my daughter, my son to you, God. I want them to be raised up in the church. I want them to know you. I want them to be equipped, and I want them to love you, and I want them to follow Jesus. God, I want to give them to you. 
I don't think it's as much about that as it is about the commitment that you're making as a parent. Because what you're doing when you're dedicating your child to God is you're saying, I'm committing God before you on this day, in this moment, that I'm going to raise up my kid in righteousness and in holiness. I'm going to equip them and I'm going to teach them and and I'm going to help them understand the the grace of God, the beauty of Jesus. I'm going to teach them the things of God. What you're doing is you're making a commitment to raise your child up to know this God. That's you. That's a commitment that you're making. So Hannah says, I'm giving my son Samuel to the Lord. Why? Because he already belongs to the Lord. If you think about it in those terms, it might change everything. As a parent, as a mother. So moms, this is, this is an encouragement to all moms, whatever stage of life you're in, but really it's an encouragement to any parent. Pray these kinds of prayers. Before my son or daughter were ever born, they're already gods. And I want you to also think about it in terms like this. You might be thinking if you're a mom in the room, well, gosh, I wasn't a follower of Jesus when I was a young woman when I had my kids. What do I do then? And here's the beauty of the sovereignty of God. God saved you in the exact moment that he knew he was going to save you. Before the foundation of the world, God knew the exact moment, the exact time, the exact day that he was going to save your soul. And it was in that moment that you became a follower of Jesus. You don't look back on life and say, I wish I could have this. You look back, or you don't look back. You say, okay, this is where I am now. This is the stage of life that God has for me. God's plans are good. God's plans are perfect. And this is God's will for my life right now. And I'm going to start to walk in this way. And I'm going to start to pray for my kids, whether they're adult children or whatever. I'm going to start to pray these kinds of prayers now. Whether your kids have gone wayward, you start to pray these kinds of prayers now. The temptation is to think that. I wasn't where Hannah was. I wasn't a young mom. When my kids were before they were born, I weren't praying these prayers. The devil wants you to think that way so he can back you in a corner and make you think that you can't be somebody as a mom, then you can't change the trajectory of your children, whether they're wayward or not. That's what the enemy wants you to think in your head right now. Don't think that way. You are who you are, and you are who God made you. And when God called you, he set you apart at the exact moment that he was supposed to in your life. So Hannah dedicated her son Samuel to the Lord. And Samuel would actually grow up to be a a godly man who loved the Lord with all his heart. A a preacher, a friend of mine who's been preaching for a long time, he said years ago, probably two decades ago, he preached his very first Mother's Day sermon. Well, after he preached the sermon, he went up to this woman and he said, with pride, I went up to this woman named Wanda who had four sons. And I said, Wanda, what would you think of my very first Mother's Day sermon? And he preached the sermon on the story of Hannah. So everything you just heard, he probably expounded on that a little more. And then he went up to this woman, Wanda, who had four young boys. And he said, Wanda, what would you think of my first Mother's Day sermon? And Wanda's response was, you know, I could be a great mother too if I could give my four boys to the preacher. You want them now? (laughs) But seriously, uh, no doubt Hannah was a prayer warrior. She was. She was a woman of faith. Despite her circumstances, despite her situation, despite her barrenness, Hannah had a steadfast love and faith for the living God. She was a prayer warrior. And it strikes me on this Mother's Day in 2020 that we have women in this room, no doubt, from every conceivable life situation. Maybe there's a number of you who, again, who have dealt with the things like Hannah. Maybe you you have children who, who have gone wayward. They're not following Jesus anymore. You raised them up to follow Jesus and they've gone astray. You prayed your whole life that they would get to know this Jesus, but they're not listening. They don't care. In fact, maybe they even hate the things that you hate. Those things can be hard. And maybe you feel beaten down and discouraged as a mom today. 
And I'm going to offer you, based on God's Word, the healing that comes from praying to God. Not the kind of praying that necessarily changes your situation, but the kind of praying that changes you. So maybe you're a mom in this room, and I know we heard some testimonies from some moms, and maybe you're, now you're empty nesters. Or maybe, again, you're a mom whose your kids have gone astray, and that's hard. Maybe, and they're not following Jesus, or they don't care. Maybe you're a mom who is raising up young kids, and that's probably, I don't know what that's like. I hope to know what that's like. I don't know if that's a, a prayer I should be praying, but my wife and I want to have kids, and so, yeah, I do hope that I have to endure the hardships of parenthood. <laughs> but maybe you're either raising young kids or you have adult children, and you haven't been able to see them, like Mickey has said and others have said, that it's been hard. It's been a hard season of life throughout this pandemic. Whatever season of life you're in, whether you or a widow, whether you've gone through divorce, whatever situation, whatever life situation you're in right now, there's always a tendency to say, well, I wish I could just be a better mom. Maybe if I just would have prayed harder. Maybe if I just would have prayed more. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to think. He wants to back you in a, in a corner and make you feel like you're worth nothing as a mom. And that's not true. Remember the significant calling that God Almighty has on your life, as specifically as a mom. So if that's you, if you're in this room and, and Mother's Day is, again, a hard day for you for whatever the reasons, let me remind you what the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, says in Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Or what about what it says in 1 Peter 5, verse 7? Cast all your anxiety onto Him, for He cares for you. Or maybe you just need permission to start praying these prayers from God Himself. Look what it says in Psalm 62, verse 8, pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. So I would imagine that this is a, a difficult and even trying time for moms, especially during a pandemic, especially when your kids should be at school or daycare, and they should not be in your home all hours of the day, and you have, you've had to figure out how to manage that time these last eight, nine weeks, whatever your situation has been these last couple of months. But be reminded of the strength that Hannah found in prayer. Hannah felt safe. Hannah felt secure. She felt cared for by God when she prayed. And Hannah felt understood and listened to. But most importantly, Hannah found refuge in God. And Hannah, I think, would regain her perspective when she prayed. She fought off despair. She found new hope when she prayed. Because when we pray, a shift begins to occur in our perspective. We begin to align our hearts with the heart of God. We're reminded in the Word of God of the promises of God. What He says about us. What we know to be true about us. What we know to be true about our relationship with God. The more we read God, the more we pray His Word, our perspective begins to change and we're reminded of how good He really is. So if I could challenge any mom in this room, really anybody, any person in this room, this is for everyone, pray. Pray often. Pray earnestly. Pray authentically. Pray about anything. Pray about everything. Just pray. Make your requests known to God. But make them specific. And cast all of your cares onto Him. Why? Because God cares for you. God cares for us. God loves us. We are His children. And I believe in this very moment, our God, our Father in Heaven, is looking down on us at this moment. God loves us. So, that's Hannah. She's in the Old Testament. Now I want to move into the New Testament and look at a couple of different moms found in the New Testament. 
If you go to Romans 16, verse 13, I honestly wouldn't encourage you to turn there because we won't be there long, but it says this, the Apostle Paul writes this, Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. So for any of you Bible geeks in the room, if you don't know about in Mark 15, what it talks about or what it says about Rufus is Rufus is the son of Simon of Cyrene. Now, if you remember, Simon of Cyrene was the guy who helped Jesus carry the cross up Golgotha. Well, it says that Rufus' mom was like a mother to the Apostle Paul. If you think about it, we don't know a whole lot or really anything about uh, the Apostle Paul's mom, but it says that uh, Rufus' mom, Simon of Cyrene's wife, stepped in and was like a mother to Paul. She filled that void in the Apostle Paul's life, and I think that's amazing. These are Bible characters, these are Bible names that really don't get much mention in the Bible. They're a family, rather, that is kind of hidden behind the scenes, not in the spotlight, yet serving God in incredible ways. You see, this woman would actually fill the void of a man's heart, that man named the Apostle Paul, who was a great preacher and evangelist and church father in our church history. We're talking about a man who risked his life and even lost his life for the spread of the gospel. And this woman, Rufus's mom, became a mother figure for the Apostle Paul. It's amazing. Some people, they don't mind playing big roles in the kingdom of God. They don't mind having the spotlight on them. They don't mind being on the stage and speaking in front of people. They know their role in the kingdom of God, and they walk in that with power and with strength, believing that God is sovereign, that He is for all people, all of His people. And they love His kingdom. In addition to that, maybe some of you might be even thinking, you know what, I I have that same story. There was a godly woman who stepped into my life and was like a mother figure to me. And that's incredible. And that's just an encouragement to all moms, that we can actually be mother figures to other men in life. We can be that person. We can fill that void for, for certain people. And I just think that's amazing. And of course, we couldn't talk about moms on Mother's Day without talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. No doubt Mary was a scared teenager one day when an angel from heaven showed up at her doorstep. In fact, many scholars believe, many people rather believe that Mary was probably around the ages of 14 or 15. So imagine the setting. An angel from heaven shows up at Mary's doorstep and she's 14 years old. Imagine the the terror on her face. But look what the angel says to her in Luke 1. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. How frightening does that sound? You're 14 years old, an angel from heaven has just showed up at your front door saying, hey, look, I know you're a virgin, It's humanly impossible for you to get pregnant right now based on your circumstances, but I just wanted to let you know on a little secret. You're going to actually have a kid. So you become pregnant here pretty soon. Oh, and by the way, your son, his name is going to be Jesus. He's going to save his people from their sins. What? Can you imagine the, the, the frightened look on Mary's face in that moment? But what does Mary say? What's her response? Look in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Incredible. Mary receives this news. Doesn't matter her age. Doesn't matter her situation. 
situation. It doesn't matter her circumstances. It doesn't matter how, oh, well, it's physically impossible for at that time to have a baby. But the angel says, look, you're going to have a son. His name's going to be Jesus. He's going to save his people from their sins. And Mary's response is, okay, I'm the Lord's servant. Mary walked in that calling on her life. She found confidence in that calling. Mary says, look, you know what? If this is the role that I'm supposed to play in the kingdom of God, so be it. I'm all in. And it reminds me just how valuable moms can be in the kingdom of God. Like God has a plan for you as a mother. And it's a significant calling, a high calling, a biblical calling. So Mary says, you know what? If this is the calling on my life, so be it. I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to have confidence in that. There's another uh, couple of moms I want to look at in the New Testament. And these two women don't really, I don't know that it even mentions their names. It doesn't say much about them, but, on, but at the same time, I think it, it says everything that we need to know about them. And so, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 5, Paul writes to Timothy and he says this, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, there you go, and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. So yeah, it shares their names, but that's basically all it, it says about them. I don't know if you've ever stopped to think about that, this verse, like the, the powerful words that are in this verse. Look what it says again. I am mindful of the sincere faith that is in you. It was in your grandmother and then your mother, and I am sure of it. I am sure of it that it, it is in you as well. Now I wonder how many of you in this room, mothers, even fathers, really doesn't matter, how many of you in this room were your faith in Christ was, was kind of passed down to you in the sense that your mom or your dad, they, they loved God. They took you to church. They tried to train you up and raise you up to know and love God as best as they could. And you modeled that. And that, that faith, that sincere faith, that belief, that trust in God, that Christian life was kind of in some sense passed down to you. Well, here's the truth. A faith torch, yes, can be passed down from grandmother to mother and even to son, like Timothy here. But let me be clear. It's not salvation that's being passed down from generation to generation. That's not possible. Salvation can only be found by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But a faith, a trust, a belief in God, a, a faith life that can be modeled, a stage that you can set for your kids where they can model your faith they can model your life living for Jesus. Like that can be passed down. Where your kids at one point in their life can look at you and say, you know what, I, I've, I've seen you, Mom, the way you love Jesus, the, way you, the, the life that you've modeled, the faith that you have. I've seen it, and I'm, I want it, and I'm ready. And I want to make a decision to follow Jesus too. And God uses that in, in only ways that God can do supernaturally. The faith that you have modeled for your kids in a sense, passed down from generation to generation. That can be true. But then God intervenes and says, all right, what you've taught, what you've you know, shown and modeled for your kids, I'm going to step in. And now it's God's time to work. And that's pretty amazing, isn't it? The Bible doesn't tell us very much about Timothy's mom. But here's one little scripture in Acts 16, verse 1. He came also to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, a son of a Jewish woman, who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. Now, again, that doesn't tell you much about Timothy's mom, does it? No. 
But it also, at the same time, tells you everything you need to know. What? She was a believer. She believed in the gospel. She believed in Jesus. He was the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. That's all you need to know about Timothy's mom. Based on Scripture, that's all they want us to know. She was a believer. And so when you read that in Acts 16.1, you can come back to 2 Timothy 1 verse 5 and listen to the Apostle Paul when he says that I am mindful of the sincere faith that was within you and your grandmother. That was within your grandmother and your mother, and now I'm certain it is within you as well. Timothy's grandmother was a believer. Timothy's mom was a believer. And then in part, Timothy became a believer. And of course, if you know anything about Timothy, he became a preacher of the gospel. He traveled all over Asia Minor with the Apostle Paul, taking the gospel to places it had not been. And then ultimately, Timothy preaching the gospel got him stoned to death. Timothy would die for the sake of Jesus. But I bet he never forgot the words that Paul wrote him in 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. This is Paul writing to Timothy. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which were able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul writes to Timothy, and what is he saying? From childhood, from when you were a baby, from your youth, when you were raised up, you were familiar with the sacred writings, the scriptures, the word of God. The same word of God that makes you wise unto salvation. And where did you learn it, Timothy? Your mom. Where did your mom learn it, Timothy? Her mom. There's a famous theologian by the name of G. Campbell Morgan, who was a famous preacher in his day. G. Campbell Morgan had four sons. They all became preachers. So they're at a family gathering, and this family member, this relative, comes up to all of the sons, and, and the dad, is they're all right there, and the mom. And the guy says, hey, which one of you uh, Morgan boys is the best preacher? And all four of the sons said, mother is. Mother is the best preacher. I just think that's great. Well, this is almost where we're going to end. One of the, maybe the most exceptional moms in the scriptures is a woman, we never even heard her name. It's in Proverbs 31. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Listen to this woman's character. Verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will greatly be praised. Reward her, for all she has done, let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Now, it's easy, especially for a mom, even a woman rather, to hear those words and think, how could I possibly live up to a Proverbs 31 woman? But honestly, that's the wrong question to be asking. The, the right question, I think, is, is there anyone in the world more capable, more virtuous, and with a more compassionate heart than that of a mother? The heart of a mother, it never stops loving, it never stops caring, it, it never stops praying. It never stops caring deeply for her children. The preacher told me, same preacher by the way, <laughs> that the most important thing that his mother ever taught him was that he was not the most important person. That God was the most important person. And I think it's good on this Mother's Day to be reminded that the word mother actually leads us back to the word God. 
to the most important part, the Word of God. Because there's a hole in the human heart that no mother's love could fill. God says it like this to the prophet Isaiah, Can a mother forget a baby at her breast? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. So the text here says, can a mother actually forget? I think the answer to that is no. Of course a mother could not forget. But what God says in His Word that even if a mother does forget, I will never forget you. God says, even if a mother does forget, I sent my son. And he went to the cross. And he was pierced with nails. I don't know about your mom, but God says, I have you engraved on the palms of my hands. After reading through these scriptures, studying through this, and this being my very first Mother's Day sermon that I've ever preached, I wanted to just honor the mothers today and and take a moment. I know we did that already, but I believe that God has a significant and high calling on on the lives of moms that's based on Scripture. And so I hope and pray that as a mom, whatever stage of life you're in, that you are blessed today, that you are encouraged by God and His Word. And I just want to close us out by praying specifically for mothers and honestly for all of us. So would you join me as I pray? Father, I thank You for this opportunity to preach Your Word. God, I thank You that we have the assurance that You are with us. Every believer in this room, the Spirit of God lives in, and God, we have that assurance. Despite a pandemic, despite uncertainty, God, You are with us. Everywhere we go, You are with us. Your Word says You will never leave us. Whatever situation, whatever we endure in life, God, You are with us. That is the great promise of the Bible. You are a God who cares, a God who loves, and a God who is with us. And Father, I pray a special blessing over every mom in this room right now. God, whatever stage of life they're in, in motherhood, whatever they're experiencing in their own hearts right now. I pray, Father, that You would speak into their lives. I pray that Your Word has already encouraged them. God, I pray that You would use this moment as a way for them to be lifted up high, knowing and understanding the significant call in their lives. God, we believe that You are a sovereign God who everything that You do is perfect. Your will is good. Your will is perfect. Father, I pray that we all believe that this morning. And God, I pray for everyone in this room, every follower of Jesus, God, would you be with them? Would you encourage them? Would you use them and equip them to have a significant role in the kingdom of God? This gospel is not meant to stay in this room. This gospel is meant to go out into the world. And so God, use us mightily for the spread of the gospel and use mothers mightily to raise up young men and young women, kids who become adults that would just love Jesus with all their hearts. And that they too would believe that the gospel is everything. And it is the power of God that saves. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.